But all we're trying to do is just enjoy life and travel and adventure with our dogs and help other people adventure with our dogs. And and if the RV business, you know, covers our expenses to do that, and we get yeah, to drink great. lots of beer yeah. and hang out with our dogs mm. and be happy, then wealth to us is free time. Wait, RV life or, isn't like, you know, the Instagram van life photos that we see all the time? Yes, we're all standing on top of our <laughs> RVs in our underwear with yeah. the sunset. Our butt <laughs> cheeks are out. Because, you know, they're perfect butt cheeks. They are. We're on a beach in Mexico. No one's around. Uh. <laughs> no, this, you've probably got me inside your RV with my butt crack showing. <laughs> yeah. Fixing Dom's the plumbing problems. butt crack is always out. Whenever I'm doing plumbing, it's out. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Are you really ready, Freddie? Okay, you guys don't know this, but this is like the third take of the introduction here, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> but are you really ready? I am really ready. Okay. Okay. Go. Go. Welcome. Stop copying me. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Goofballs. <laughs> so anyhow, we have been at Flathead Lake Resort working here for the last couple months in Big Fork and Woods Bay area and Flathead Valley um, for a while, as many of you know. and Which so, is in Montana, for those of you that don't know. True. But so we thought, since <laughs> well, since we've been here, we've had several friends come through as well. And uh, one of the couple that has come through here has all kinds of information to share that I think our podcast listeners would love to learn about. That's usually why we have people on our podcast. That's true. But they're also fun. And they're friends. So, okay. Fun conversations with friends basically means that we're talking about anything and everything yeah, including beer, but also like we dogs. Did, we did talk beer, dogs, how to get a dog from Australia to the United States, dogs in national parks, RVs, RV repair. Yeah, because we're talking how to make a living friends, on the road. How to make a living on the road. Um, like I guess. Basically, we're talking about Tom and Ellie, who have a dog-friendly business called the Dog and Us, which has a lot to do with um, being a resource for dog owners and also advocating for dog owners and dogs. And then also they have an RV repair business which pays the bills. So And they, <laughs> and they both love that too because Ellie's yeah. great at the customer service and Tom's great at the RV repair and like figuring things out. So Right. Yeah. And like a lot of us these days we have several avenues of making a living. So without further ado. Let's let Tom and Ellie tell their story because they're actually much more entertaining in this than we are right now. All right, well, here's beer, dogs, travel, and RVs. in front of Josh. And having fun. <laughs> and just having general mayhem fun. All right, yeah, we hope you're still listening. <laughs> here's Tom and Ellie. Arf, arf. That's the dog in us. Hey, guess what? What? We are doing a podcast. No shit. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and guess, what, guess what the podcast is not on? Zoom. Oh, Yay. it's in person. I thought maybe you were talking about a topic. Yeah, <laughs> here. Woo! It's in person. Wow, this is one of our few in-person podcasts since like over a year ago, huh? Maybe I don't know. But guess what else we're doing? We're not going to tell you if we did one because you'll judge us. <laughs> 
I don't care if anybody judges us. <laughs> but guess what else we're doing? Ellie was pouring. Oh, by the way, we have guests. Ellie and Tom, they'll introduce themselves in a second here. But Ellie <laughs> was pouring something at the beginning of the podcast. What, what were you pouring, Ellie? Ooh, I was pouring the special brew. Yeah. You don't Penny? even know what kind it is, do you? I don't even know what <laughs> kind it is. Do you? I it's just know Scotch it's homemade. Ale? Oh, he does. Ooh. He listens well. <laughs> that was you being really loud. I edit a lot. I don't care what you see okay. on the sound graph. Scotch Ale. <laughs> <laughs> we brewed it. Yes. Ooh. Where? Flathead Lake Resort. Which is Montana. Where we, which is where we all Big are. Big Fork, at. Montana. Where you can bring your four dogs and they shit a lot. <laughs> That's an inside joke that Josh will get when he hears this podcast, if he ever listens to it, but I doubt he will. So. I'm going to make fun of Josh for an hour, and we're going to call it good. Call it a rap. He'll listen to it if you tell him you made fun of him. That's true. He probably will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they say. You, are, you, you talked about dogs shitting a lot. Man, there's a lot of cuss. We usually cuss, but this is a ridiculous. A lot of cuss words in the beginning of it. Not really. Just me. Um, oh, life is dog poop. But <laughs> life is dog poop. It's kind of appropriate that we're also talking dogs, though, because Ellie and Tom have things to do with dogs. Yes. But we still have to talk about the beer. Yeah, because we haven't tried it yet. We should be trying it. Oh. Cheers. Okay, cheers. Cheers to the beginning. Glasses. Glass aluminium combo. We tried it kind of early because it needs mm-hmm. a few more days to be in the bottles carbonating, but it's got a good it's still flavor. Good flavor. Oh, I great. love that yeah. flavor at the end. It's like, yeah, what I is it? See if she I want to see if she can get it. I just have. Av- av- there is some special ingredient. Yeah, a non traditional beer ingredient. So there's some coffee flavor in it from the grains. This is also, like I should tell everybody, this is only like four days after it's been bottled. So it hasn't had time to fully kind of settle. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's called condi- bottle conditioning. And so a little bit of what you taste up front it has kind of a, like a tart, a kind of a green apple kind of mm-hmm. thing going on. You know, like when a fruit's too not ripe yet, it has that kind of something just isn't quite right yet. You can kind of get that. And that mellows out over time. And I, it usually takes I taste a week pecan. That's a good... At the end. All right, tell me what it is. It's not pecan, Unless but there's actually... <laughs> I definitely taste something, and as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, yep, that's it. What do you... No, but you have to say what you Well, you've already you said taste. pecan. So. No, no, but you have to say what you taste. Everyone's different. No, we're going to hear I'm not sure. Okay, tell him. What's the flavor? Well, the flavor in it is maple syrup. Ah, oh, I nearly ah. said that. Mm-hmm. I actually nearly said pancakes. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, maple <gasps> syrup. I should have just came out and said yeah. with it. Now we don't know if we we're I just saying it or whether, yeah. No, 100%. It was, I was about to say maple. So it's a lighter Scottish ale with maple syrup in it and a little bit of mesquite malt. Nice. So it's got a little smoky malt in it, but just a hint of it in there, not too much. Okay, so that's about as dorky and nerdy that we're going to get on beer for this one. Yeah, because this beer is going to be better, and we're sending them away with more beer because yes, they're yes, leaving us. Yes. We're going to keep it upright. Yeah, I'd wait another week or so. wait least. a week without refrigeration, and then it'll be good to mm-hmm. go. So the carbonation, sorry. No, April. you're fine. No, so the carbonation fine. builds up? Yes. Okay. Because when you bottle, when you homebrew and bot and put it in bottles, you put a little bit of sugar water in there mm-hmm. before you bottle it. Mm-hmm. Because there's still live yeast in the beer. When you bottle it with a little bit of sugar water in there, that yeast, as long as you don't get the beer really cold, if you keep it at room temperature, that yeast keeps working. Okay. It's just a little bit, but it takes a week or so for it to eat that. It eats the sugar, and the byproduct of that is carbon dioxide. 
Okay. So which carbonates your beer? Oh, cool. Did I say that right? Carbon dioxide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't say I was carbon, like, carbon monoxide. monoxide. No, that's bad. <laughs> that's yeah, bad. I always forget the good one, the bad one. The, we want the good one in there. So <laughs> why do you refrigerate like commercial beer? Most commercial beer is force carbonated. So oh. like they have big canisters of of CO2 that like they this bad boy. pump into a machine. And so mm. it's when they can it, it's already got carbonation in it. Okay. And so at that point, you want to keep it cold, one, just to keep it so the carbonation stays fresh, but it's more the ingredients you want to keep fresh. Okay. So you're trying not to lose that flavor. And if it warms up, it's okay. Like when you first get it, it'll usually be kind of a cellar temperature, not maybe room temperature, but not quite a little cooler than that, mm-hmm. but not ice cold until you're ready to drink it. And even then you don't really want it ice cold like. 30 degrees is too cold but okay. like the glass that oh. the frozen glass that turned your beer to ice the oh other night there is a restaurant in <laughs> Big Fork Montana that shall not be named although I should out them you should out them frozen steins frozen stein <laughs> literally frozen with ice chips in it ice floating in my beer and I was just like and that's it's Montana. IPA it's Montana cold <laughs> that, it's Montana, Montana cold it's not a Montucky right yeah, yeah. it wasn't a beer that needed to be 30 yeah. degrees, so you didn't taste it. Okay, so... Okay, so back to the I, podcast. I like the... Back to the beer, I love it. Back to, yeah, it's... I think it's good. I think it's going to be really good in another week or so. Mm-hmm. It, is, it still tastes green to me. It's not green, though. No. Because it's not carbonated enough. Partially the carbonation, but partially... I, I couldn't tell you the science behind it. I know it's because of the yeast still working and all that, but the flavors tend to kind of mellow out. But yes, part of it is the carbonation because the carbonation does like lift aromas and stuff that go up your nose when you're drinking mm-hmm. a beer. So like a lot of your taste is in your nose, right? So there's that element that's missing right now because it's not really well carbonated. So you're not getting the aroma coming up your nose. Mm. But some of the flavors haven't kind of gelled quite yet. That's that greenness that's kind of mm. doing its thing. And it's pro- there's probably a chemical reaction in there going on that I just don't know what it is. But Is it bad to say it like tastes a bit like, well, I guess smoky, but like tobacco? No, that's not necessarily bad at all. Because it is really a darker-grained nice. beer, which okay. tobacco is a common descriptor for a lot of beers in, okay. uh, in the darker range, for sure. Cool. That's a good descriptor for it, I think. Mm-hmm. Good with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast, and we totally touched on beer, which we'll totally keep touching on beer the whole (laughs) time, probably, but it's also travel and adventure. And so I guess we met Ellie and Tom in Alabama at the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Podcast. No, not at the podcast. (laughs) In the conference. (laughs) We met Ellie and Tom at the uh, RV Entrepreneur Conference. Which didn't happen. Because of y'all know, I don't even well, say the word. Well, it did, but it went virtual, <laughs> so we did, weren't really at the conference. Now, where are we? So, anyhow, <laughs> we were just at a state park. In yeah, we were hanging out. We met you guys at a state park. Hanging out. With no official activities. Right, the unconference. Yeah, the unconference. And then we also met Alaska, your puppy dog. Mm-hmm. She was then, crazy girl. Now yeah. she's old and wise. She and is. She's yeah. chilling. <laughs> well, you might hear Smokey Joe in the background gnawing <laughs> on his treat. Yeah, I don't know if you'll hear that. That's a good microphone if you pick up on that. It might pick up on Smokey Joe a little bit. (laughs) So describe the picture of Smokey Joe gnawing on the tree, Kenny. Gnawing on the tree? Yeah. 
<laughs> he's a totally content little puppy dog. Chewing on <laughs> he's little, he's a he's little a bit focused. of a blue healer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mixed with something else, right? Like mixed with a raccoon. Kind of a raccoon. <laughs> his <laughs> tail certainly looks like it. His tail, his tail is tail raccoon, like raccoon for sure. And he's patchy face. And he looks kind of a young, and he's kind of small right now. He's still young. And he's just gnawing away on this. <laughs> it looks like a Slim Jim. But it's a beef pizzle. But like really hard, like a Slim Jim that's been sitting outside for two years. <laughs> Those things are so hard. <laughs> and he's okay, I'm going to do away. my job and draw us yes, back ma'am. in because we are like completely all over the place here. <laughs> we should probably get back Craft in. beer we did. All right, travel and adventure. So we met you guys traveling on the road. We met you yep. again in Montana. Like, I mean, how many Should we talk about Lake Guntersville? I feel like that was should a very big part of our 2020 experience. I think wait. you guys really, especially too, you had a lot of changes going on at that oh, time. But wait, 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 that wait, was crazy. wait. What? I'm going to get there. Okay. But the travel and adventure uh, part is like yes, meeting Ellie and Tom, and that's the travel and adventure. And then also their dogs and how you guys have built kind of a lifestyle off of travel and adventure and your dogs. And that is like one of the main reasons, you know, not that they're friends or anything, but <laughs> that we want to do on the podcast so you can talk about like what you're doing in your business and your travel adventures. Mm. So you mentioned Lake Gunnersville. Like, why should we talk about Lake Gunnersville? <laughs> <laughs> Lake Gunnersville State Park and Gunnersville? Oh, where is it? Yeah, Gunnersville is there. Alabama, I forget now. Um, Yeah, there is a Gunnersville town. But that was in March of 2020, mid-March. We all know what happened in March of 2020. Yeah, Mm. when the world shut down. But Alabama was just having a party already. They were having spring break still. We went to the RVE conference. We literally left Albuquerque like two weeks before and drove straight to Alabama on our like first RV full-time trip ever this is the first time we ever lived in an rv it was like two weeks before the I conference i don't think like i we, even knew that yeah, yeah we did not know that really so, i thought you for some reason i thought you guys had been on the road for a little bit before yeah. that we'd been living in australia for like three and a half years, three and a half years prior to like the end of 2019 so we actually like bought our tickets to the RVE whilst we were still living in While Australia, in Australia working okay. our regular jobs. Because we would, I would listen to the podcast every day. Like that was my morning routine. I'd listen to the RV Entrepreneur podcast every day. Well, and you'll then, notice Tom picked up the accent while he lived down there. Yeah, <laughs> every three and a half years really, three really <laughs> worked yeah. wonders on my accent. Not that he was born there or anything, <laughs> but he was. So, um, and then yeah, we came over at the end of 2019. And then Renovated, flew Alaska over. Yeah, flew Alaska over, our rescue dog. And then we... We re- had a, bought a Sunraider by like... Bought a Toyota Sunraider sh- motorhome. A month later. A month later, renovated it. Took about... It took December, January, February. Because it was so cold and we didn't want to be outside renovating. Yeah, I was working like one hour a day. <laughs> yeah, on it was so cold. Um, and, and then... If, no, if you don't know what that is, that's basically a toyota pickup that is a Mm. truck camper on the back but it's all built that way it's not it's not like somebody bought a toyota pickup and threw a truck camper on it it's actually made by made as a manufacturer yeah you can walk through from the front of the truck to the back pretty rare looking kind of rv yeah especially the sun raider how much of a living space do you think it had living space no idea on square footage all i know is that it was 18 foot from the bumper to bumper which an 18 foot travel trailer is small, but try and add like an engine and drivetrain and, and everything yeah. into and that. And the cab and no, and no, two he seats. didn't say 
eighty. He's like eighteen. Eighteen foot. <laughs> eighteen foot. Like so we had like yeah. four four people could stand side by side and not move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Keep going <laughs> with your story. And um, yeah, like that was our first destination because we were so inspired by the podcast and we had mm-hmm. to go to the conference and. We were full-time RVers, like we felt like full-time RVers. So that's yeah. when we met you guys at the conference, our first trip. Yeah, it took us. We two, went two through months to get New there. Orleans. Yeah, we went down south to Texas and then across to Alabama from Texas. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy know, how many people. It was their really first. kind of their first foray. Jill and August Wheeler yeah, was. and Mark and Whitney. Mark and Whitney Ellis. Yeah, they were all. The, all you guys were like, get yeah. out on the road and then. but their story your story is similar to kind of ours i mean we didn't start you know rving during the unknown pandemic that was coming but Mm, it was the same idea like it was i was driving (laughs) to work 45 minutes a day let's try to figure out what i'm supposed to do with my time sitting in traffic and found the rv Mm. entrepreneur podcast Mm. and you know that whole like light bulb i'm like what you can live in an rv what (laughs) and then it kind of started with that and our first trip in the rv that we bought was to the RV entrepreneur, oh. and this one was in, cool. in Fredericksburg. Yeah, we weren't we weren't full time yet, yet, but but that was our first like real trip in it. Oh, yeah. we had had awesome. it for a couple of months, but mm-hmm. that was our first lengthy trip. Sweet. So it was very similar, but yeah, I didn't realize that that was your first time. No wonder you like changed RVs like I don't know three or four times with well, yeah. <laughs> well, in a month, we actually <laughs> in we, a month. Seriously, <laughs> oh my god, that that like that was a long time coming though that. That year, like we were planning like to live in an RV years, for five, seven to seven five years. to seven years. We I were know. listening to that we podcast. We wanted to live on the road. Tom listened to every single episode to get inspiration. Not the, the podcast wasn't out seven years ago, but no. But we, I remember we, we, we were, built a van out and traveled we around. We built a van, van out before it was cool. So did you do that in Australia? <laughs> no, we did that in when California, we were living we in LA that. earlier. Okay. So like in twenty. 15 because i graduated from college we moved to australia for a year tom finished his degree in australia and then we moved back to america moved to california tom was teaching and i was working we lived there for three and a half years and then moved back to australia and then that was when we and that that whole time we were scheming and dreaming about yeah we were gonna live we were gonna live it live in a a I van. Really call them RVs in Australia, but we're going to live on the caravan in Australia originally. So mm-hmm. your whole goal, basically, after you were done with college and all that, was, was basically to, live to on try the and get it on the yeah. road. And, and that's how we found the podcast by seeking out okay. ideas to help us get to living on the road, not the other way around. Because yeah, like we were like, cool. well, we can't just like live in a van and like cruise around national parks and like yeah. we're like, how do we Our actually do this? Well, we can't, it can't be a low roof for the Connor line it's got to like be something like with the bathroom although and Harold like was yeah. pretty cool. although we did like that experience Harold's the like, Ford line was probably our favorite RV yeah it really was but it was also our first so yeah, yeah. have a lot of it was like, just so emotional cozy. attachment to it we kept that thing for like in the whole storage. time we were in Australia, we were just yeah. paying for storage. We didn't sell it until <laughs> we didn't sell it until after we got the Sun Raider. My dad would go every one. month and drive it. Started up, like just so it connect sit the there batteries, yeah. and then we got there. We <laughs> started it up. It drove great. It was awesome, and, we, and then it's we sold it. A, yeah. So you're from Australia, Tom, right? I am. And so how did you guys meet? <laughs> uh, we met in at the University of Michigan. Tom actually studied abroad, so we met my junior year. Um, through mutual friends, and you actually should tell the story about the bar thing, 
because that's that the has bathroom. to do with beer, for sure. What that I had way too many beers? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that like America's bars and oh, pubs are so different. Yeah. And that's how you met Marshall. Uh, d- definitely are my different. Friend. The bar scene is definitely very different. Well, I want to hear that explain. Yeah. So like. In Australia, we just have pubs for starters. We don't have bars. Like you would never call something a bar. Well, what would you define a difference? The bar, bar in Australia pub? is just the bar inside the pub. Like the, the bar, bar top. top. The literally, right, yeah. like here you call it the, a bar. Literally, top. the plank of wood or oh, okay. stone or whatever it is. So, but wouldn't a bar then and a pub be kind of the same? Like the bars here. A bar and here pub? is similar to a pub here, okay. except for a lot of differences. So, <laughs> similar except for a lot of things. <laughs> when I first came to Michigan. Um, on the study abroad, I was kind of like, I just got to Michigan. I was like what, 22 or so. And, um, I wanted to go meet people, you know? So I was thinking I'll go, go to the bar, which go I assumed pub. was going to the pub. Mm-hmm. And in the pub in Australia, everybody's standing up, you know, everyone's walking around from one area of the pub to another area of the pub. Talking. There's like s- stools. Like you sit yeah, you at like a the bar. high top table. Just like sitting stools. at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like. Everyone's just like at the bar, hovering around the bar. Right. Right. Which also happens in bars. Like people do that in, in bars too, in college bars. <laughs> but anyways, so I, I, I and like, and kind of early too in Australia. Like if you go out to the pub, you go out pretty early, like six or seven, say. Oh gosh. Yeah. Here we start at 10. Yeah. yeah. That took a lot of adjustment. And in college, you start even oh, later. Gosh, yeah. I like still start at 11. six, but like... <laughs> You just have to start at six. Everybody else gets around ten or eleven, and he's just been drinking for the last like four hours. In Australia, drinking is a long, long, long process. Um, Anyways, so I was like, all right, well, I'll go out to the bar to meet people, and then I walked out. Wait, are you going to the bar or the pub? I'm going. In my mind, I'm going to a pub. (laughs) In my mind, I'm going to a pub at like six thirty, where. People will be mingling and yeah. carrying on. So I go down to like, you know, I Google what's the like. The famous pub in Ann Arbor is called Charlie's. bar in Ann Arbor. What is it? Because I want to meet people. So I thought I may as well go to the most happening you spot. Googled it. <laughs> I Googled it. And I walked down there and I opened the door to this bar. And like everyone is, I walk into what, what in my mind is a restaurant. You know, right. like I walk in and people are sitting in booths and like oh, yeah. people are sitting at the bar but like there's like and there's like waiters walking around like going to the booth to like take people's orders mm. and stuff which to me is a razor only a like sit down fancy restaurant in Australia where you actually have someone come and take your order right so like in Australia even like a like a mid-range restaurant you still go up and order your food and pay for your food and then go back and sit down right. and then your food gets brought to you so i'm expecting to walk into like a bar like a crazy pub people are mingling and whatnot and I open the doors and I walk into like, in my mind is like a fancy restaurant yeah. situation. And then I'm like, how, how the heck am I going to meet someone right. in here? You know, <laughs> like, so I was like, well, I got to like try and meet someone. I've come all, I've come down here to meet people. And then, so I walk up to this people sitting down in a booth. I was like, well, I just got to go sit, sit down next to them, you know, like, <laughs> They're like, this is not going to go well. Like, because if I was at a restaurant with like <laughs> three of my friends and some someone at a restaurant and sat down next to me, I'm like, this is not going to go well. But I did it, and um, you just went up and sat down. I just went. I went up and sat down in this in the booth, uh, and um, just started talking to them. And luckily, that 
there was I think there was like four people in the booth. Three of them were really not about it. You know, they just looked at me like, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> but luckily, one of them was um, his name was Marshall, and he was like the most outgoing person you'd ever meet. The perfect yeah. person to sit next to in a booth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was very welcoming, and we got to chatting, and and so Marshall ended up being my first friend in the U.S. Marshall took you snowboarding. Yeah, the next weekend we went <laughs> snowboarding. <laughs> oh, nice! He took me to his um, like girlfriend's house in at the other college. MSU. And then that's how East we met. Lansing. That's how we ended up meeting is through Marshall. And I was friends with Marshall. And then so. that's the cool. story, yeah. I, if, that's pretty cool. I would to, to me, it'd be like if someone sat down next to me in a booth where we were just hanging out, and especially the accenter would be like, have a seat, tell us all yeah. about it. Like, yeah. Where are you from? Like, what's the excitement? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, totally I, I would totally like, yeah. invite it. Yeah. Like, we would both would. Just I totally invite in the... the just the conversation about like I'd probably hmm. give you a weird look well, at why me. Is yeah. like, what different? the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, sounds cool. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then we started like we were just friends and Tom was wearing canvas shoes around and I was just like you know, I knew he was from Australia and he came to Michigan in January and I didn't realize that January in Australia is summer. Oh, but yeah. he brought canvas shoes and those were his only close-toed shoes in michigan the toms you know the oh toms yes. canvas shoes in michigan in january in michigan in january <laughs> it was literally not even good snow it was like gray sleet and it was just like negative at the time you left the bar is negative degrees out right and you like i had my huge down coat on every night just like shuffling home and i was like you need we were talking and I'm like, are those your shoes for winter? And he was like, yeah, these are, these are my shoes. And then he had a leather jacket for his, um, (laughs) winter coat. And I was like, you, okay. I think we need to go shopping so you don't freeze to death. You're going to get hypothermia. And so we went to DSW and that was like our first kind of friend date. Like that was our, when we got close, when we we were just friends, but that was like our first hangout time just just him and I and we yeah he got rubber soled shoes and <laughs> something that would um sustain in the winter and he didn't get hypothermia That's awesome. and here I am today <laughs> <laughs> and how many years ago was that, that was uh, 10 11. about 10 and a half 11 years ago wow yeah, yeah. cool 2010 2010 2011 somewhere around there yeah that's awesome so you were talking about you were watch, listening to the um, RV Entrepreneur podcast to get ideas to how to live on the road. Mm. What'd you come up with? <laughs> <laughs> we a short list of about a hundred things. Yeah, but the <laughs> but the main things were the retail arbitrage one. Retail arbitrage was interesting. We were interested in that for a little bit. Uh, which I don't remember who was that who that was. I don't remember either. What is it? It's when you buy something and sell it. It's definitely kind of soulless work it's soulless work but i mean it's not soulless because people make good money doing it yeah i mean it's kind of like questionable ethics are kind of questionable i feel is it kind of like buying things like an import business and then you go into retail shops so you go into like a walmart Uh and like you have a scanner on your phone and you scan things and and see what they're worth on amazon Uh and then buy up buy them cheap and then resell them on amazon so if it's cheap there, and but you can sell it for a couple bucks more. Yeah. People make a living off of it. Yeah, yeah, people make a living off it. No, I mean, that's actually good. It's, like, creative, you know. It's 
the process you go through to figure out, you know, because living on the road is a little bit different. Yeah. Than, mm. than it's becoming easier to live on the road, I think. I think it's easier to have jobs. And especially after this last year, people yeah. say you can work remote. Yeah. You don't need such crazy ideas to make it work now. There's more. And then more Tom listened to one. And he was just like, oh, my God, this needs to happen. And that was the Ed Wilcox one where he was the RV tech. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, we, you, I need to go to RV school. Because it was like Liz was the outgoing one. She was going to go to the campgrounds and, like, tout the business. And Tom would be the RV tech. So we were like, oh, well, I could. I didn't know that, you know, the camping experience would be very different when we were in, camp, when we were in the RV. But. I could go and talk to people and maybe we could socialize and meet people and then maybe they need RV help and then Tom could work on their RV. That was the, that was the one that was like, Oh, that's a, that's, that put you into a tailspin of well, that what was RV like tech schools. So basically to. RV repair. Cause, and if you've been in RV campgrounds or parks or just in an RV for any amount of time, shit breaks <laughs> all the yeah. time i yeah. mean they're not the most well built mm-hmm. well i shouldn't say they're they not the most are, well but built but it's also you you if you think about it your home is on wheels and rolling around down the highway or rough roads and you never know you have potholes things like that mm-hmm. so things are going to break a little bit more than absolutely you think you know because i mean you can you can make stuff really well made but things are going to jiggle loose after time or you know and then age and things like that mm. and then we thought about the traveling with dogs thing well i think i mean i think it kind of happened differently we had like a more creative idea of like yeah and then the rv tech and was then, gonna but, be but we also wanted like a solid option to pay the bills you know like we wanted to have a, the chance to like think of like a creative way to make money Thing we like road, to do, and but then, then also <laughs> just have like something that was a little more obvious. So I think you guys have kind of landed in a similar space to where we are. We have our creative side, which is like this podcast, the mm-hmm. website, things like that, which don't directly make a lot of money, really. Mm-hmm. To be honest, they, they don't make so a slower. lot of money. But we mm-hmm. have landed a lot of other jobs. Mm-hmm because of these things we do and we enjoy it so we have fun doing it and it makes us some money and then it's also led to other options but you guys built the dog in us right that's yeah, yeah. that's your i'm that's got to be your creative project. your passion project totally side. that's that's gets my writing out there and you know talks about <sighs> encouraging people to take their dogs places because we just love our dogs and they're they're our children so you know, there we were gonna try to find ways to. You know, it's it's a it's something we do anyway. So why not mm-hmm. share it with other people? And RV travel is it's like you guys and beer. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you yeah. love doing it, so why not? You share? love taking your pets. We love taking our beer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so similar. <laughs> so did you guys know right away you had a common love for dogs? Yes, okay. yes. A- after we got Alaska, I mean. Before we got Alaska, really. Tom and I both grew up with dogs all of our lives. But Alaska was kind of like our dog together. And she just became our child. We like went vegan after we got her because we were just like, 
how can we ever eat another animal when this well, animal is like playing so with incredible. a cow in the backyard? Oh my god, she <laughs> she play bowed a cow in his parents' backyard, and we were like, we're never eating meat again. Because <laughs> the cow, because the cow play bowed. Back. Yeah, like cow oh, actually really yeah, yeah. communicate. They're like her. engaging oh, with each other, like, and oh, it was like, a baby crap. cow, and it's just like, oh, oh my god, I, I can't eat meat ever again. The weekend before, I was like smoking eight hour brisket. Yeah, we were we were big meat. We were big into meat before Did it, that. So it really just. Yeah, we were just like, no more, we can't, um, we, we, yeah, cows are just so freaking cool, we can't, they're just like our dog. (laughs) But yeah, we, I mean, we're both like really obsessed with animals and nature and anything we can do to be a little more sustainable in our life. Yeah. And yeah, and we knew that RV travel would be the most, the easiest way to bring our dog everywhere. And originally the plan was to live on the road in Australia, which is, I mean, I think that's a big part of the dog in us is that our original oh. plan, you know, we were listening to the RVE podcast and thinking about all these ideas, but trying to apply them to a whole nother country, mm-hmm. you know? So like RV tech work, well, for starters, it wouldn't be called RV tech work. It would be called like a caravan repair man. Um, that actually flows better. <laughs> <laughs> does. Right. Maybe that should have yeah, been, been our business name, caravan <laughs> repairman, repairman. But like, not everything was applicable, you know, because right. you know, like, the creative thing certainly was, and and one of the reasons we thought about doing something within the dog space was because Australia is a very challenging country to travel with a dog, because um, Australia has the most national parks of any country in the world. Continent. Any country. country in the world, yeah. So I think it has, like, it's some ridiculous number. Like, I don't even want to say it because I'm going to get it wrong. But Australia's, like, uh, thoughts on national parks are not so much, like, it, an area to be designated as a national park, an area doesn't necessarily need to be grand, you know, like something like Yosemite or the Grand Canyon or anything like that. It's just the National Park Service and the Australian government deciding that this area is needs to be preserved. So a lot of Australia is national parks. And and in Australia, there's a blanket ban on dogs or cats in national parks, meaning that you can't even have them in the car with you and drive through the national park. Wow. Hmm. So, you know, like areas where just like we would go camping, like just... You know, which I would probably equate to like national forest camping in America. You can't even drive to those places with your dog, so you're very limited to where you can camp with a dog. Is that supposed to be a safety concern or something? That is to to protect the ecosystem. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the whole thing about the national parks in Australia is they're they're not like these areas that are designated as national park often don't even have campgrounds or like visitors centers or things like that they're just areas of land that are special enough to conserve Um, but there is camping there but you just can't you can't camp with your dog and you definitely can't um you know hike with your dog so there's like so we were we quickly figured out that if we were going to do something in australia it would be kind of like trying to solve that problem a little bit for people and talk about areas that you could camp so basically, the idea is built on advocating for dogs and people that want to travel with their dogs. Or yeah, because it's super challenging. Things. You know, anywhere it's super challenging with dogs. You know, you got to think about, you know, can I leave them in the mm-hmm. RV while I go and do a hike? You know, if I bring them into a national park, then I can hardly do any of the good hikes, you know. So 
Originally, we were going to do that in Australia, and then... We realized that all the beautiful places in Australia are national park land. Yeah. So they're not allowed even in their car. So we've just realized we were going to be very limited living on the road in Australia with a dog. So that was... And we'd always wanted to live in an RV, and we were like, we're young, we should do... Like, we should do what we really love to do right now while we're young and broken <laughs> free you know right. we don't have any baggage we have our right. dog but you know might as well do it while we're young while we have the energy you know well, either way we were leaving our jobs to go and travel mm-hmm. so we just originally that was going to be in australia and then we came over here and decided that this was kind of where we would rather do it um so then the america dog- is so much more dog friendly than australia yeah and Going back to beer, the brew, so many more breweries here, and breweries are usually always dog-friendly because they always have an outdoor yeah. space. Um, and that's what we love, too. Like, we mostly go to breweries, I feel, because they have the outdoor areas. They always areas. have the outdoor area, usually, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot... I think most of them, they don't or don't have dog spaces and stuff is mostly just because of health departments that, yeah. you know, that to me, over-regulate and say, oh, you can't do that, you can't... yeah. yeah. That's a, that was a frustration when we were living in Albuquerque, is that with COVID, they just got rid of oh, all yeah. dog-friendly policies. So Really? It was really weird. It yeah. was so weird. It was they a just, very weird law. They it just was like places, dogs, that, places that were outside and were usually dog-friendly before COVID, mm-hmm. all of a sudden were no longer dog-friendly outside. You could still go there, but you couldn't bring your dog. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which and doesn't then, make any sense. And then sense. on the flip side, like more breweries and restaurants created outdoor because, seating because mm-hmm. they had to adjust. Right. But that outdoor to. seat, and we were like, sweet, win for the dogs, win for us. You know, uh-huh. we can go to more now, places people now. people that are ad- But no, there was a blanket land puppies. on dogs mm. outside or in any any eatery in, in, in New Mexico, I guess it was, mm. or in Albuquerque. It was really weird. Mm. But... So, you, yeah, can, you can hear Smokey Joe in the background yeah. drinking the water. <laughs> if you can hear it. He's finished his treat. Smokey Joe. Like, <laughs> well, maybe. So what kind of resources do you offer people then? Do you have a website, Instagram? Like, how do you get resources to people or tell them about? Right now we're focusing on Instagram because it's the easiest thing we can do on the go. Last summer we were doing YouTube videos of U.S. National Parks. with, or We were trying to explore national parks with dogs in the U.S. and film them. That became, once we opened the uh, RV repair business, it became way too much work to do both. So now we're just focusing on the Instagram and the blog and that kind of thing. So just writing. Um, but I think we really want to get back into the YouTube. Yeah, we just. To do videos. We, we just filmed, filmed one two days ago. Glacier National oh, yesterday, Park with was the it? dog. Yesterday we filmed one. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. It feels like got up two days ago. Before dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you offer like people resources on there to say like where you can go or how to access yeah. specific types of national So basically parks? our yeah. I mean the videos are our experience, you know, we do our research ahead of time. We say, Okay, what and and that's one thing we found is that the national park websites, you know, I think if you're gonna go to any national park, you know, you type in you know, Glacier National Park and then pets. And then every national park has a pets page. But what we've found is that the information that they have on that page is not necessarily indicative of, of what you're going to experience with your dog in the park. 
So example, um, we went to Glacier National Park. They had, what did they have? One trail? There was a trail there that was that was that wasn't listed on the website at all it was a bike path so it was paved but yeah but on like, the website there was nothing it wasn't it listed at all no there was about five miles of dog friendly trails we didn't do the whole five miles but we even ran into a volunteer and yeah. said there's and he told us about another trail that was dog friendly but who would know like you don't go to a national park and you know, so it, there was another one besides the paved trail? Yeah, the volunteer yeah. was talking about it, and he said, okay. you know, there's six miles of, of dog-friendly trail in this park. And another one was we were in Mount Rainier National Park, and, mm. you know, you go to the Pets website there, it basically says you can't even get out at the turnouts in Rainier. Like, you can't even get out onto the paved, like, views or huh. whatever. Mm. But the PCT runs through Mount Rainier National Park and the PCT is dog friendly. friendly. So like we went to Mount Rainier, we camped at the base of Mount Rainier, we got to, you know, experience the awesome views of Mount Rainier and then within the park we went to the PCT trail and, it was and one of did the like most, a seven mile hike into the backcountry with Alaska. One of the most beautiful was, trails we've ever been on. It was like pure Washington beauty, wildflowers, wildflowers and, and whatnot. Mountains and it was so beautiful but it's not even, no one knows about it. It's very hard to gauge, like, so that's why I think the YouTube, we, we really want to get back into it is because mm-hmm. we share our entire day or two or three days at the park and people get to see, like, what is it actually going to be like if I do go to this park with my dog? And we try to be honest and, like, obviously you're going to be super limited. We try to just, and some of our videos we make and we're like, well, that seemed kind of boring because mm. it was kind of boring because there wasn't yeah, many options but at least right. people know like if people go and watch our Crater Lake National Park video they can tell we're super bummed in the video mm. probably yeah. because we're just driving around the lake and, but now and Alaska isn't hiking but but that's good for people to know exactly what you're going to face yeah like for example Grand Canyon National Park we had no idea how dog friendly it is the entire South Rim the entire South Rim if you stay above the rim is, is like there's and like you get the most 15 miles views. of trails and you know we oh, took wow. Alaska on a bike ride and she was running along and we had the most beautiful views of the canyon and so. yeah full 360 view of the Grand Canyon with our with the dog and we could see sunrise sunset with her and it was just like we didn't understand we didn't understand how dog friendly Grand Canyon was but it was it's it like surprised us and it has a bark ranger program which is another thing i could talk about for days the bark ranger program is it's a program by the national park service it's trying to teach people how to be responsible dog owners in national parks but it's also encouraging people to take dogs to national parks so you go to the visitor center you sign up for your dog to become a bark ranger program which means you get a tag with the national park on it for your dog's collar and then you um, do a, like a pledge to bag your poop, always, always stand. Always know where you can go. Always know where you can go. Respect the wildlife. And Wait. keep off. No. What's K? Bag your poop. You guys are going to lose a badge. <laughs> well, Alaska's <laughs> Sorry, the Bark Ranger. Jack. Alaska, what are the... Um, <laughs> What are the things again, Alaska? <laughs> she should know. If you go to our Olympic National Park video, it's very, it, it goes through the whole induction. But Bag it, your poop. Always use a lead, respect the wildlife, and know where you can go. Know where and you the know where you can go is a big one because people don't understand. You know, they just go oh, into a yeah. national park and just, just start hiking, hiking. You know, 
So that's why we always encourage people to go visit that pets part because and it a, tells you where you can go. And at Petrified National Forest, we actually got a dog treat with it. So oh, wow. Alaska got a dog treat, and it was just—it's just like it's cheesy, but it's like yeah, but it's, it's a good educational thing. Yeah. yeah, I think some people don't realize, you know, maybe it's a com- conservation thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you absolutely. know where. Same reason that you limit where people can go in yeah. national parks and stuff too, and they ask you to stay on trails because yeah. you destroy stuff otherwise. That especially when millions of people are going to For these places sure. every year. Yeah. Or um, things like wildlife can be a consideration in some mm. places, like Glacier. Probably, I'm, I would assume that in Glacier, that's probably a big concern on a lot of the more um, backwoods back kind of trails. Because yeah. oh, yeah. you know, lots of deer and bears yep. and mm-hmm. things like that where. I don't know. I don't know if in I'd Australia they talk about um, the potential that the you know the, the dogs if they poop and pee it introduces a new scent of mm. a of a animal that's not an apex predator but it's a big canine so like it can upset the the other animals that smell that can be like hmm, what is that that's not a wolf that's not a bear what is that so it can kind of the ecosystem in australia upsets the balance, is, a, little the balance yeah. a little bit the ecosystem in australia is so precious it's the only there's animals that only exist on that continent and right. it's just it's because they've been so strict with their conservation and not disrupting you know everything so they want to protect you know all the fauna there mm-hmm. i would add one thing to the bark ranger program oh yeah bark ranger bag your poop but don't leave it sitting there yeah on the trail. i think they <laughs> should add that honestly because a lot of people bin. get the bag part yeah but then i i don't know if it's people just setting it down thinking oh, i'll grab it on the way no, back it's people that just think just, that it's going to disintegrate or, or something or what i don't I think know, they I th- yeah it doesn't knows? go away on its own it doesn't make any <laughs> don't sense. get us started on that you're better off not even bagging it if you yeah do that. yeah it's we actually pick probably it up worse if we see it. <laughs> to leave it in a bag yeah. a plastic bag out yeah. in the wilderness and then to just leave plastic poop. yeah <laughs> so what's the best way for people to find out more information about like national parks because sometimes you find these secret places is it best okay obviously they're going to go check out the dog and us first because you're going to give them all the resources eventually <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep eventually once we get it out there yeah but then is it did the rangers know if you call or are they kind of as oblivious of the rangers are good the, the rangers, rangers are, are awesome we've had a mixed experience with rangers because um yeah i think that was main had one bad experience yeah, yeah. Mostly, I mean, the rangers are always a great source of information in national parks for anything. But, like, the rangers, sometimes the rangers actually are dog owners themselves, you know. And, you know, they work oh, yeah. in the park, but they live outside of the park. But they still are, like exploring and hiking with their dogs. So either they might recommend a trail, like, just outside. In the, the national forest the surrounding park. it. Like, oh, um, yeah. in Sequoia National Park, we ran into... A backcountry ranger. Gary. Gary. And we were staying in Sequoia National Forest, which is sandwiched in between Kings Canyon National Park mm-hmm. and Sequoia National Park. So together it's kind of all just one big area of very similar terrains and climates. And, you know, we were asking him, like, where should we go hiking? And he suggested this awesome hike in Sequoia National Forest, which, you know, gave us great views and took us to an alpine lake and oh, wow. gave us nice. m- just as you know just that sequoia national park experience um so yeah the ranges have been very helpful but yeah that those little things like that that you just sometimes you just can't get that from a web from a one-page website yeah Yeah. especially a one-page website from a from a 
from a department that is probably trying not to encourage people bringing their dogs to parks. Right. You know, but I I kind of get pretty passionate about that, and it's not really my place because I'm not an American citizen just yet. But the parks are, you know, for the people. That's the whole thing with the national parks is that we all, well, not me, but... <laughs> You know, Americans, Americans all own a slice of these parks. They were set aside for the people. That's the purpose of them, for people to enjoy them. And that should include people who have chosen to have an animal in their life. And, you know, a lot of people don't visit these national parks because they're because they have an appreciation for animals and are dog owners. And I think it's just, um, yeah, we, we don't want people to miss out on, on on experiencing national parks just because they have dogs Mm -hmm. we want them to know that they're going to be limited and we want them to know that um it's going to be challenging and that there's certain rules that they definitely need to follow and it's not like going down to your local dog park um but we don't want people to miss out on on experiencing to recreate responsibly though we want people to know exactly and that's why the bark ranger thing is just is great i wish they did it in every park Mm -hmm. um but they they do it in a lot of parks, which is cool. Yeah, there's there's lots of parks that have the program, and it's amazing. It me- and it's it's a relatively new program, so it means that the National Park Service is, you know, they're catching on to the fact that people want to bring their dogs. So I think it was formed in, like, 27, 2018 or something, so it's oh, new. It's, yeah, it's very new. Yeah, so pe- they're, they're trying to make it them more dog-friendly. Because education is the best way, you know. Yeah, they don't... Like, people are going to bring their dogs, mm-hmm. you know, because what else are they going to do with them? Like, we... They can't are, leave them in a hotel room. You can't leave them in a hotel room. You can't leave them in a hot RV without hookups, yeah, you know. You know, it's safety reasons people are going to bring their dogs. So. You're going to leave them in a tent somewhere, usually. Yeah. That's not a good call. <laughs> no. And we don't like to board our dogs, you know, just because we, we would rather have them with us. Um, so people are going to bring their dogs and they don't really have the manpower to, you know, they don't have the resources to like manage every, like have a ranger out there every time a dog poops, you know, and handing out bags. So this education program of the Bark Ranger is great. So you guys had a unique experience at Glacier, did you not? Yeah, we did. So how did you see Glacier with your <laughs> dogs? So um, Glacier, you can bring the dogs out in any bottle, body of water in Glacier National Park. So Any body of water that also allows motorized vehicles. Okay, so Tom knows the deets on that. Um, so Lake McDonald, the most famous lake in Glacier National Park, is dog-friendly because it allows motorized uh, crafts. And so we were able to bring both dogs on the kayak, and it was incredible. It was beautiful. We went to Fish Creek Campground, which is kind of secluded. Um, but So all National Park campgrounds are dog-friendly. So Fish <laughs> Creek is next to Lake McDonald, so you can literally walk down from your campsite and put the kayak in or put your sup in with your dog. And that's something that is not on the website or anything like that. So it is on the website. It is on the website? It, uh, the fact that dogs are allowed in a boat on the lake if motorized boats are allowed on the lake. But also very vague. Like, it doesn't say kayak or Santa paddleboard. I guess that's a boat, but... It you might. Know, 
It's a watercraft. It's a watercraft. Yeah. Maybe it says watercraft. So many national park websites. There's a lot of information on them, but they're also so convoluted and like confusing and hard to figure out. Classic government websites. Right. Yeah. Like the (laughs) figuring out the going to the sun reservation. The reservation ticket systems. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's amazing. But April, you were saying resources. So we actually um, we started a Facebook group that's. has a lot of traction now we have 2700 people in the facebook group and it's u.s yeah and it's u.s national parks with dogs and people it's a safe place to share your experiences in the national parks with your dogs people upload their pictures they tell other people what great alternatives there are um it's been so awesome it's awesome we we started that like july i think last year and like wow Every week, there's just like this the most amazing. Like, if I was just a member of the group, I'd be so stoked. But the fact that we opened it just makes it so much better. But That's right. <laughs> and people always comment, I'm so glad I found this group. I have so many like tips for people that are going into national parks because I took my dog to these national parks. And, and it's so on topic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always to do with either national parks or like hikes just outside national parks. Mm. And we want to be, you know, we want to be the source of national parks with dogs but we can't get everywhere i mean we're only you know yeah. we only have <laughs> a finance you know the finances to get us in the west area of the u.s so it's really good <laughs> we're taking them off slowly but um it's good because you get the perspectives from all corners of the u.s people in the east coast and people in the south and it's just been so awesome. But that's even better than it just being you guys, really. Oh, totally, yeah. Because, like, yeah. with a Facebook group and, and building a community of people, mm-hmm. dog lovers, mm. that also love the parks and stuff, yeah. you get different aspects to it. And plus, you can cover a lot more ground that way. It's like it would mm. take could take you guys forever to hit everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you had all the finances, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like take a, a long it's time. It's a lot of time. Especially to experience them enough yeah. to, like, share them with others. You know, that takes a long time. So you've got people... We actually have, like... Um, park rangers that that live in the parks with their dogs on the group which is really cool. oh that's really yeah. cool that's yeah, gonna we, be a lot of fun yeah we have a lot of i think we have like a, a handful of park rangers that are actually in the group and then yeah we actually back on beer we actually just found out about hot springs national park it's a dog friendly mm-hmm. brewery inside the national park it's the only brewery inside of a national park, uh-huh. I think. Isn't that it right? Is. It's yeah. called Superior Bathhouse Brewing. How is and it? it's dog-friendly. It's fantastic. It's a great <laughs> brewery. It is also the we, only brewery that we know of in the world that brews with potable hot spring water <gasps> that comes up. So if you've ever been to Hot Springs, Arkansas, if you go to the historic part of town where the, part the, bath of the, the bathhouses are actually in the national park, technically, and then the other side of the street is not national park. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> But anyway, you're walking through town and there's these um, fountains all over the place and it's hot water. It's the water that just comes up out of the ground and it's potable right there. You can mm, just you can go fill, fill up, your up water jugs there. and stuff. Oh, really? We brewed a beer there <gasps> using that water. We didn't even know about it until we went to the brewery and we met the brewery owners there, the head brewer and the brewery owner. And they're like, oh, you're going to brew? You should get some hot water out of the fountain and brew with that. Oh my God, so we that did. is so cool. But they actually brew with the water that comes up. Um, 144 degrees? Yeah, it's like 144 degrees when it comes out of the ground. So in brewing terms, they don't have very far to go to be ready to brew. Because you're usually shooting in that 150-something, 160-degree range. 
for a lot of the um, mashing and things you do at the beginning of the brewing We stage. have a style conversation. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's, yes, yeah, we will. It's, 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 a, it's a great, it's a great Rose, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, fun. And I'm not surprised. I, you know, I, it didn't really hit us to think dog-friendly or not, but, yeah, they, I mean, they have a big outdoor space. There, mm. There's a lot of green space around the brewery, and, and it's a cool place, and they're just awesome people, too. They're actually friends now, like friends' friends now oh, that we've been. That. They've come out and stayed with us in Denver for a Great American Beer Festival. In the RV. In an like RV. That. In an RV. Oh. Their head brewer bought an RV. Gosh, I, th- I think it was only a few months after we met them. <laughs> so I don't know if we were an influence or if <laughs> totally he was just already going there. Totally. But and Parker. He might already been going there. Jim's an interesting <laughs> dude. Did, so. did he have a dog? Who? Jim. Jim? I don't think so. Mm, I don't believe so. Don't no. So. Anyhow, he, pro- he bought the RV, came out to Denver. It was during Great American Beer Festival. Didn't really. He stayed in our driveway once, um, but then he they were all over the place in downtown Denver and didn't want to drive all the way back to the suburbs. So they like stealth camped in the streets of Denver for a couple <laughs> of nights too. <laughs> That's how you do it. That may or may not be true if you're an authority of Denver. Um, we could just be making Please. shit up. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> But that that group is like that Facebook group is a brilliant idea. No, yeah. that's it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, we're really glad it's we, so we nice started to see the dogs every day too. Like yeah. every day, someone posts. Their and dog. people are so sweet and and just so helpful. Like someone posts, I'm going to Moab area. I'm going to go to Canyonlands, Narches. Please tell me the best trails around. I know that these parks aren't dog friendly. Please tell me best trails and you know. 20 to 30 people comment, you know, this is where I went, blah, blah, blah. It's just so, I know that's the point of a Facebook group, but people are just yeah, so, I mean, cool. open and it's such a, welcoming. It's such a challenging thing, you know, the national parks with dog thing is just so yeah, challenging. It's so such it's a frustration. It's so great to see, like, a dog owner and their dog, like, smiling in Yosemite Valley and, yeah. like, getting to experience things like that. Yosemite that, was another surprise. Super dog-friendly. They yeah. have a bark yeah. ranger program. And Yosemite is one of those parks that you you know you it's have iconic, to see. you have to drive yeah. down you have mm. to drive into Yosemite Valley at least once you know even if you don't hike that much just driving through the valley is just such a great experience. So Yosemite is one of the super dog friendly ones. Mm-hmm. What other ones have you either visited or heard about that are really dog friendly? That's Acadia is the one. Acadia that is like the major one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in Maine. That's in Maine, yeah. super far. We'll we'll get there eventually. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> come um, next fall with us. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to go this year. I mean, we were supposed to go this year. Yeah, to the after East Coast. Alabama <laughs> was our East Coast. Yeah. So, uh, we quickly <laughs> hightailed it back west. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best laid plans. <laughs> cast aside last year. So <laughs> Olympic was great. Olympic. Olympic oh my god. Olympic was yeah. pretty national, uh, pretty dog friendly because there's just a huge stretch of the beaches that dogs are allowed on. On lead. Oh really? Yeah. On, on the beach. Yeah. On the That's beach. Cool. Yeah. So we were walking along Alaska with Alaska on the beach, and you know it was hard not to let her off the lead, but we always. You know, especially always, national parks. She's right? always on the she's lead in the national, national park. So is Smokey Joe. We don't have to. But yeah, we have we to make sure that We just did some awesome work. hikes on the beach with her, mm. and then yeah, we. And then like, inland in like the moss forest, there's yeah, also places that there's also dog friendly trails and. Yeah. Yeah, that was a two part video because there was just so, so many much, things yeah. we could do. So, what were some? What are the, some of the, like most limited parks you've been to or heard from others in your group? There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of limited parks that that some might argue are just not worth even going to if we you didn't even go to arches yeah. because there's literally nothing but we'd also been before so we i think it's kind of like you have to kind of weigh up and say 
you know, it, you know, if you're especially if you're in an RV and you're traveling, you know, and you'll never get a chance to see Archers again, definitely go to Archers with your dog. You know, at least drive through it and get to see the Archers and you know get to pull out at the turnouts and go to the picnic areas and stuff like that. And at least like see you know see what you can see but just know that your dog is going to be in the car the whole time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but there's so many dog friendly hikes around that area that are same caliber to arches the same beautiful arch yeah (laughs) and the red rock corona arch we did a hike to corona arch and then you know the same kind of views you can do that one day like do like a solid you know five plus mile hike with your dog one day and then the next morning drive through the park and still get to see the park you know so so some of those places are just places that you need to see with your eyes you know and then yellowstone yellowstone's probably won't even go there with the dogs just because it's very we will though you know like we We will will because we'll we'll probably not go in there many times but we'll stay in the national forest land and we'll camp in we'll camp in yellowstone Mm -hmm. because at least if you camp in yellowstone you can have your dog with you in the campground Okay. And depending on where you camp, too, like in all the different parks, especially yeah. Yellowstone. I just have a fun thing for Yellowstone right now because that's the first time I've heard, like, wolves howling in the wild. Yeah. Mm. But depending on where you're camping, you'll hear yeah. the animals or you'll have animals greeted yeah. you know, greeting you'll have you them in, the in the campground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's a big thing that, you know, we talked about yesterday with Glacier was camping in the campground with your dog just adds a whole nother experience because the campgrounds are already developed areas so you can pretty much go anywhere in the campground mm-hmm. and often the campgrounds have little trails mm-hmm. like like the campground yesterday at fish creek had this little you know maybe half a mile paved trail down to lake mcdonald and so like it, it adds a whole element of the exp- of the experience mm-hmm. to the to it it's just like traveling anywhere whether you're traveling with pets or not or in an rv or not or whatever like you're still never going to see everything no Mm. so you you know you might miss out on a few things here and there but you just got to be grateful for what you get this what you can do yeah focus Mm -hmm. on what focus on what is abundant and and not you know what you can't get and like Mm -hmm. what i was telling you earlier ellie is like it's not like they take national parks and put a fence around it and place it in the middle of this urban area like these Mm. like you guys are saying there's so many places around the national parks that are the very similar yeah like somewhere there's a boundary and you're no longer in a national park and it does it's not like you step over that boundary and everything just turns gray and flat yeah. and terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still <laughs> usually kind of arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, ah, this is all the land we get to So are you having as much fun with your RV repair business as you are with Doug and us? <laughs> I really enjoy it. Tom um, is, is, was meant to be an engineer. So he, he loves, loves figuring stuff out. Yeah. So he enjoys it. His brain likes that. I'm definitely swearing a lot more than, <laughs> under my breath, though, because usually the, cu- usually the customers around. No, yeah. I, it's great. I love the challenge. Um, I've never really done kind of like physical work before in my life. I've done a few little odd jobs where I was a laborer and stuff like that. But as an RV technician, you're you're carrying things and you're crawling into really tight spaces and you're using your hands a lot more, which I I like, but. It's definitely... But we've also set up our business to be more than just technicians. We're trying to be also educators and, like, talk to our clients, get to know our clients. We're trying to be consultants of sorts. Consultants, you know, like, empowering them on their journeys, helping them to know their RV, know the common Mm. mistakes that happen. That's our favorite part about it is, like, we do new owner walkthroughs and... um, 
maintenance inspections and stuff like that so people can like kind of get to know their RV before they start traveling in it. And I feel like that's a little edge we have over other, you know, people that are just like, I need to fix this yeah, and get out of here. We you're live not, it. You're yeah. not waiting for them to break something. So no, you can fix it. Yeah, no, we're we, trying to prevent them. We're trying to, we want them to be able to fix it themselves later. We want right. them to enjoy you know? RVing and we want RVing as a culture to be sustainable. You know, like I think about, I feel like it's, I think about in the last year, anywhere. the amount of people that like started RVing for the uh, first time. Yeah. And, so green. And just had no idea like about RVing or campground etiquette. Oh, yeah. or they just knew nothing about it in general, but just like, let's get an RV. And like RVs can be super complicated and super challenging. And we don't, we want to be ambassadors for the lifestyle. You know, we want to keep people on the road. And, and, you know, we always, we, whenever we go to a job and we fix something, if it's within the realm of someone who's reasonably handy, which you kind of have to be if you're living in an RV, we always try to make it so that if that problem happens again, they won't have to call anyone, you know. Right. They can do it themselves. So. How is it building this business on the road? It's been pretty challenging. Mm. Um, when we first started the business... Google. Google is king for like, you know. It's amazing how much your business is controlled by Google. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, if, you you're, if you're a shop or yeah, something. Yeah, for some sort you know, of service. We're not a you know, shop. Reviews. Reviews in general are mm. just like, reviews are key, you know. And, and mm. if you're going to buy something, you look at the reviews on that yeah. thing. If you're so, going to hire someone, you look at their reviews. So. Yeah. And reviews are tough, man, because some people are just they're having a bad experience they're having a bad day they'll never and be. it's not even your there's fault, nothing you can but do but they take it out on yeah. you in a review mm. yeah and they may sometimes they maybe don't even intentionally try to take it out on you yeah but they don't think about okay well i'm just really pissed off and well he didn't fix my problem and it's like well couldn't fix the problem because it couldn't get the part in yeah, or yeah. whatever you know whatever the thing is and it's not really and even if someone like has you didn't do what you were supposed to do mm, you did yeah. everything you could and yeah and even if someone tough. has a really good experience they always they always forget you know yeah. because they're like moving on and they, they don't want to yeah you know redrudge yeah up. we've had so many customers say oh my god you guys were great we're totally leaving you a review <laughs> then nothing's and like and happens. we and we should pester them but i don't know i just yeah, people but it's just hard want to move on with their life, you know. It's been hard. And and they're so scattered at the moment because of the pandemic and all these things and yeah. the RV journey. And their problem journey. solved, you know, so they're on to their, next, they're on to their next problem. But the I'm sure RV, they've got other problems in their life, mm, you know, other right. than their RV issues. The RV journey is complicated. You have so much to learn. It's overwhelming. And they don't, you know, they don't have the mental capacity. And it's a pandemic. People are just, you know, in their heads. They don't. They can't focus on things right now. Yeah, there's a lot of basic things in an RV that aren't necessarily overly complicated. It's just that they're different they're than not what you're used to in not, a house. It's not common knowledge. It's right. like the way the electrical knowledge. system is set yeah. up in an RV is very foreign to most people who yeah. live in a house. Wait, RV life or, isn't like, you know, the Instagram van life photos that we see all the time? Yes, we're all standing on top of our <laughs> RVs in our underwear with yeah. the sunset. Our butt <laughs> cheeks are out. Because, <laughs> you know, they're perfect butt cheeks. They are. We're on a beach in Mexico. No one's around. Yeah. <laughs> no, just 
it's, you've probably got me inside your RV with my butt crack showing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fixing Dom's the plumbing problems. Butt crack is always out. <laughs> Whenever I'm doing plumbing, it's out. I try to take some photos for our Instagram and literally every photo I take of this is butt crack. You, need to play with you that. just have to make it a thing. <laughs> Embrace that. I just have to tag it butt crack. Yeah. Butt cracks out. This was a really hard job. You just, that just becomes a thing. Do you want the hot Australian guy to come fix your RV? Here you go. <laughs> Here's his butt crack. It's not too hot. It's very white. <laughs> so when you show up to like an RV park or a campground or something like that, and someone, I mean, how do they know that it's, you're there? And yeah, they so fix we the always, RV? you know, we always try to talk to the people at the front desk um, yeah. and drop our cards there. And that's kind, of, that's ch- kind of challenging too as you move from one new area to another new area. It's like they, it kind of depends on the area. And if it's kind of, if it's an area where you know, the RV technicians in the area are so slammed and they've got, you know, they're four weeks out and, like, people in the RV park can't find anyone or they're, or there's no one nearby. Like, the nearest RV technician is three hours away. Right. Usually in that case, the person at the front desk is kind of stoked when we hand our cards because they're like, oh, my God, you know, like, now we can help our guests because we have someone here that can fix That's their That's a good problems. RV park when people have that But sometimes yeah. they're like, perspective. Mm, who are you? You know, yeah, so no, are, you, true. are you from New Mexico, you. but you're in Montana? Albuquerque like, was great yeah. because we had, so we've moved our business from Albuquerque to Bend. Albuquerque was awesome because the RV repairmen in the area just weren't delivering. They weren't showing up for some reason. I think it's a very transient population. And in Bend, the RV techs have been there for so long that everyone has their yeah, guy. Yeah, kind of run, in, run into oh, an yeah. opposite opposite. Mm thing so like where the even the campgrounds were like well you guys just moved here who are you you know like we only we only recommend people that we know you know so like we try to drop some cards to one place and they wouldn't even take our cards you know they're like yeah no i I don't they're like their card holder their business card holder they had like six spaces and their the business cards were all from the same person (laughs) it was pretty funny (laughs) so they had their guy yeah Yeah, and we're on the territory yeah yeah but, and that's yeah, been that's hard, cool. but which is fine. Like we're not trying to tread on any toes or anything. We're just trying to fill fill a need. Yeah. But then you've got the park that says, "Oh my God, there's this dude over <laughs> in the back part yeah. of the lot. He's been here for yeah. three months because yeah. he can't, can't get, get his rig his fixed yeah. and he can't get his yeah. This guy yeah. meant to check out <laughs> five days ago. I will pay you to fix his. <laughs> He's rig. not paying rent. <laughs> Bring in his slide and send him on his way. Yeah. That's funny. Do you guys find you're making? Um, adequate income to live the lifestyle you want to live yeah uh, not yet <laughs> i would say we are we are the problem is that we just one of the problems is in albuquerque we were fine because albuquerque didn't have many dog friendly options for like eating out and stuff but now, <laughs> right so you talk about affording the lifestyle we want to live we and were we were living with my parents now we're in band <laughs> we're like you know so you many breweries everywhere so your dog can go everywhere so we like so many food truck parks yeah our lifestyle oh. expenses have definitely yeah. raised we could do an entire we other podcast about bend yes that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic place yeah yeah no but yeah i think i think definitely it's hard because we're like if we were just focusing on trying to make money with the RV business, we I think we could do very well, but we're also trying to devote a lot of our time to um, the dog in us. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, 
But all we're trying to do is just enjoy life and travel and adventure with our dogs and help other people adventure with our dogs. And and if the RV business, you know, covers our expenses to do that, and we get yeah, to drink great. lots of beer yeah. and hang out with our dogs mm. and be happy, then wealth to us is free time. Free time, yeah. 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 Speaking of your dogs, you should talk about Alaska <laughs> and Smoky Joe. Oh, my babies! Those guys. Crashed out right now. <laughs> They're sleeping. Been hard the last few days. They're enjoying Montana. <laughs> they are. They're loving it. Um, so Alaska, we brought her over from Australia. She is a giant mutt. We don't know what <laughs> she is. They said she was a cattle dog mix. They actually named her Alaska in the Australian shelter. Um, which is kind of strange. Um, but they said, yeah, she was probably, how m- much did she weigh when she was a puppy? She was we a got l- her at 10 weeks. She was about 18 pounds. She was 11 18 weeks. 18 pounds. Um, we think that she was bred. There oh. she is. <laughs> oh, she's, she's having oh, a dream. She's <laughs> dreaming, yeah. She's, I can see her laying there. She's just kind of huffing. Um, so she knows we're talking about her. So we think she, she was bred for pig hunting. So it, she was found in Queensland, Australia, the state of Queensland. And um, they breed really big Mastiff-type dogs, pit bulls, okay. Mastiff. They're called bull Arabs. It's like a big bull Arab in itself is a big mix. Um, and so we think she was bred for that and was the runt. So there's dogs that are bigger than her out there. Um, But she, yeah, so that's why she thinks, we think she was dumped on the side of the road because that's where they found her roaming the streets. How big is she now? She's 90 pounds. 93 pounds. 93 pounds. She's huge. (laughs) But like, she's beautiful. But honestly, if you put her next to like a bull Arab, she'd be. Yeah, she's nothing. She's like nothing. Yeah, yeah. Or a Great Dane. Two thirds the size. Oh my God. She plays with with some Great Danes in Albuquerque. And she's just like half their size. It's insane. Great Danes are crazy. And it was a one year old Great Dane. And it was twice her size. So. (laughs) But yeah, we got her as a puppy and brought her. We had her in Australia for three years and then brought her over here. Yep. Or two years, something like that. Three years. Oh, three years. She came over at age three. And that was an ordeal. If you ever, if you ever want to, uh, we're working on that blog post about bringing a dog from Australia. It is a big so. That's you, a long trip. It's a lot yeah. of money. Eighteen hours. Oh, and it's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, you want to either. It's like her flight was more than a human first class ticket. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you can do it with a company, but it was going to be what seven thousand like dollars. Two first class tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Seven thousand dollars, and and uh, to oh. do her, to take her ourselves, we did all the paperwork, all the preparing, everything. It's still about four grand, I think. Four grand. Wow. So yeah. That's crazy. It was a lot, and then she had to be in the cargo hold. It was air temperature control, but she had to be there for eighteen hours oh. underneath. It was like the worst flight I've ever taken. Which was fine because we crate trained her from a puppy. Yeah. And so she, she was used to just. So if you ever want to bring a dog from Australia to the U.S., crate train them. <laughs> she was so used to it. Yeah. So like she, the next day it was like nothing happened. It was just like she took a longer nap than she usually does. Mm-hmm. So she was totally fine. That's good. Yeah. You guys That's are more good. worried and stressed than she was. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> it was honestly like nothing had happened. We like, actually saw her, her crate going into the plane and that was cool. Yeah, like like I was glad that belt. I could see her. Yeah. Oh, that made me so feel you had better. The visual knowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. That she, she was, was on, on the plane. plane. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we actually like mm. staggered our trip when we came over. Like, Ellie went first, and then I went second. The next day, just in case, just to make sure that she like 
made it that mm. so the dog made it you know because oh, it's kind of like a baggage yeah. it's almost like baggage yeah. you know like if your bags aren't at your destination it's not like what baggage. can you do it's you can't like right. go baggage. get them you've just got to like right if she hope didn't they make turn it on up. the plane or something mm. what do you do so we thought it would be better if i was still on the ground in australia <sighs> until ellie and alaska had safely made it to america that's probably a good call because what if and then it's like then you're worried are they taking care of yeah. her okay and like are they just leaving her? Are they crate? just treating her like wow. baggage? You know? Yeah. Because like, what's yeah. the problem? It's all yeah. good. <laughs> and where do they put a dog? That's like in a that misses temporary. a flight or something, mm, yeah. you know, because somebody messed up and didn't get it loaded, get their crate, put loaded. the wrong label on or something. Oh my gosh! I got to LA and I saw her. I saw her through the window. Um, she was in her crate and she was literally next to six cats in crates, <laughs> and she was completely calm. And really? I was just so proud of her. She just didn't even care about the cats or anything. She was just, she was just happy to be, you know, on the ground, on the ground, <laughs> smelling people again. Um, and then our second child is Smokey Joe. He's down here. He's down here at my feet. He was rescued a month ago from uh, Underdog Rescue in Moab, and we found him. Or, he was so we volunteered at a spay and neuter clinic on the Navajo Nation in Newcomb, New Mexico, and he was trapped. That he was found. I shouldn't say trapped, but he was trapped. Um, he was roaming uh, in the middle of nowhere, completely um, skinny, dehydrated, and they found him the weekend we were there, and they brought him in to the clinic, um, and we saw him and we were just like, we need, we need to take him home. He's, he's our baby. And so we, um, we had to, so we couldn't introduce Alaska, uh, to him there because he wasn't, we didn't know if he had any diseases, communicable diseases that he could give her. So we had to wait until they could vaccinate him back at the shelter in Moab. So they, we were in the clinic in New Mexico. They took him to Utah, and then we went back to Albuquerque to like finish the RV renovation and get everything sorted. And then we picked him up on the way to Oregon. So um, Underdog Rescue actually let us stay in their parking lot <laughs> for like three days while we got him used to the RV. Um, and they let him. They let us introduce Alaska and him in their dog run. And that was awesome because yeah, they're just. We had no idea how Alaska was going to get along with another dog or how he We were get so nervous. Her, right? We're talking about like a two adult dogs, you know, Smokey Joe's about two. He's been a stray in two New Mexico years. his whole life. And then right. we've got Alaska who's been a little Coddled. princess growing up in a, <laughs> you know. So, and she's like crazy. She's a crazy dog, Alaska. She's very she loves playful all dogs. and he was, he's, he was very timid. So we had no idea how it was going to go. But luckily, the rescue was nice enough to let us park the RV. It was kind of like a harvest host. We yeah. were parked at the at the shelter, and we nice. did stuff for him. We took photos of the dogs, and you know, we did a little field jobs for him. But we got, you know, we got to like let them hang out together in kind of this yeah. common ground for three days, and, and they, they hit it off. They hit it off immediately. It was so weird. It was like they've known e- they'd known each other for years. So that was That's great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So certainly pals now, at least as far as we can tell. Mm. They're they're they haven't had any like real squabble at all, you know. No, not one time. Yeah, awesome. fingers crossed. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Smokey Joe, it's like he's been here for years. It's it's hard to it's hard to believe that we got him a month ago. 
He's very adaptable, very smart. Yeah, I will he's say, asleep at our feet right now. Yeah. <laughs> the very first, I think it was the second night we oh, had him, God. because he obviously wasn't like potty trained or anything. He's yeah. used to just peeing whenever he wants because right, he's, he's living dog. outside. And he, we left him inside the RV for like an hour, which we probably shouldn't have done, but he peed right on my MacBook. Oh, fried Tom it. completely really? fried it. Yeah. Tom oh. hides his MacBook in the bed when he goes places. Oh yeah. I just like put it under for the, the pillow. For or whatever. the thieves. <laughs> so not only did he pee on our pillows, but underneath the pillows was my MacBook, three thousand dollar computer. He and just peed on it. And it just died. Fried it. So if you guys are stalking Tom and Ellie, he doesn't hide his MacBook there anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, some well, I don't have one anymore because it's fried. There's no MacBooks. No, get Apple Care if you have a MacBook. Oh, yeah. But I lost so much info. Uh, I lost, we lost well, like videos and stuff too, which was a bit of a bummer. Oh, but it's okay. Stinks. I don't hold We're it against focused. him. No. Alaska's definitely. We shouldn't have left him in here for that long. Lessons it's learned. It's our fault. Yeah. yeah. Lessons learned. Every lesson is a. Yeah, it's a learning thing. Yeah. Well, oh. Do you guys have anything else to add? I, so. I, feel to like we've been, I feel like we've told you everything. Just um, like the green card interview. <laughs> right? Seriously. Okay, so wait, where can people find you? So people can find us mainly on Instagram, through our Facebook, um, YouTube, um, at The Dog and Us. Uh, that also just... I mean, not but just us, on but joining our group. Joining our group, U.S. National Parks with Dogs. Um, yeah. And other than that, you can find us, if you need your RV fixed, you, at, can, oh, you can find you can. us at Meet You There RV Repair. Meet You There RV Repair? Meet yep. You There RV Repair. And we are a mobile RV repair service. People don't, people ask us all the time, are you mobile? And we're like, that's not our, yeah, we, that's why we named we, our Meet You There. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you, I remember you, when you came up with the name. You made us here. A bunch of us were like talking because yeah, yeah, we were throwing out. out stuff with yeah. a few of us. And yeah, so awesome. and if you're, if you're coming through Central Oregon and you'd like your RV fixed. We're there yeah. or inspected if you or need an if RV you inspected. stalk them on Instagram, you might figure out, hey, you're right by me. I need yeah. my shit fixed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's worked out a few times for us too. People just finding us yeah. through Facebook. Do you have a website for that or a Facebook or anything? For, the, for, for where we are? Repair? Yeah, I think it's Meet You There Repair. MeetYouThereRepair.com, and then okay. Facebook and Instagram is MeetYouThereRVRepair.com. Okay, cool. that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to cheers to something. What are we cheersing to? Friends! Friends who are leaving. Oh, yeah, it's two weeks. Been They're leaving us tomorrow. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, friends finally hanging out in enclosed spaces. Right? Try. Hanging out in enclosed <laughs> spaces. Ooh, I like cheersing now. And seeing <laughs> each other's faces. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to explode. This is yeah, our cheers beer. I can't oh, even yeah. get it. This is a key lime pie gosa from Big Timber. Big Timber Brewing. Where's Big Timber from? That is actually West Virginia. Ooh. Yes. The newest national park is from West Virginia. Really? Yeah, it's called um, New Gorge or something. New River Gorge. New River Gorge. Well, then that's Ah, quite um, appropriate. Yeah. It's called New River Gorge. New River Gorge. I think old trails are dog friendly yeah and it's yeah, super dog like friendly that's why we know about it because someone posted about it in the group okay well cheers to new year's new u.s parks to key lime pie goes a beer and to friends yes cheers and dogs cheers. and dogs oh cheers to dogs <laughs> cheers to dogs to dogs oh speaking of dogs um and flathead valley and flathead lake and all the stuff that we've been doing and hanging out with like 
Well, today when we were just on the lake, it was really kind of fun watching these two, aren't they like golden doodles, I think they were called, and it was their first time on paddle boards. It was really cute that watching was cool. I'm like, me on a paddleboard? It's just me on a paddleboard. Someone else, you want to try and put a dog on a paddleboard with me? We're going to totally tip over. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's fun to see how many people bring their dogs and travel with their dogs, especially, um, well, in RVs too, obviously, because that's a lot of people live in their RVs. Mm -hmm. But um, now that we're working this gig at Flathead Lake Resort, like it's pretty cool to see how many people travel with their dogs from all over the country and bring them with on vacations and how much they do like with their dogs. So it's really great that Tom and Ellie are doing that like national park thing. Mm -hmm. um, and when, you know, and you guys heard them talk about that they took uh, Alaska and Smokey Joe on their kayaks to Lake McDonald, Lake Glacier, and then just watching all the dogs on the paddle boards out here and watching how these dogs swim. Like our dogs were great when we had them, but we don't have dogs anymore, but they never like they were active and they love to hike and be in the snow, but they never really got into the water that much. Mm, Tess would have. Our Aussie. But we, I don't know. We didn't do a lot of water sports. True. Cause we were always, well, that's true. I guess. Really? Not, the, not out, not a lot of like lake, open lake kind of stuff or boating or. I suppose in that way, your dogs are kind of like your kids because our kids love the mountains as much as we were in the mountains and our dogs like the mountains as much as we were in the mountains. But because we didn't spend a lot of time on the water, yeah, our kids, we don't, well, we're not surrounded by water. You know, Colorado is not like big on water. No, not outside <laughs> of like rafting and maybe a few lakes that have some yeah. boats and stuff, but not as big a culture as a lot of other places like here it's huge it's there's like massive lakes all over montana we're on like the biggest one but there's several other huge mammoth lakes up here so but, i don't know it's just been really cool watching all the dogs and like getting to love on all the other dogs that you know because we don't have pets <laughs> so we love on everybody else's pets so it's pretty cool like i said everybody had you know the dog in us we all have a dog in us <laughs> <laughs> we do we do Woof. not quite as good as your rough rough arf arf Okay, you can't see my face, but I'm just looking at Kenny like he's very strange. But anyhow, rough, rough. Hee <laughs> hee. Okay, that's weird. Anyhow. <laughs> um, so uh, also, Tom was actually, I think both of them, Tom and Ellie, were also talking about how it's just really hard to get reviews for their businesses. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because like, no matter how, like, people are like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm going to give you a five-star review. And then like you just never hear from them because people are so super busy. So I guess what yeah. I was going from that was, speaking of reviews... <laughs> you could leave us a review. Please do, yes. You know, a lot of people leave reviews when they're upset about something because they're highly motivated to say something because they're upset. But when you're just happy with something, you kind of forget. You kind of forget uh, that you're going to leave a review and yeah. say nice things about the person. You say it to your friends and stuff, which is great because that's cool. So say it to your friends that you love this Craft Beer Travel and Adventure podcast yeah. and that they should listen to it and subscribe to it. But... If you can leave us a review, too, we would really appreciate it. It would be really cool. But I think the world needs more good reviews instead of more bad reviews and people bitching about stuff. Like, it's the same with the news. Like, the things uh, that you hear about on the news are the bad news. If all we if we started hearing more good news, granted, first of all, we're like, why is this on the news? But that's usually <laughs> my first happy, good stuff. thought. It's yeah. like, this is happy. And it's, it's like, nothing bad happening. Yeah, why is this on the news? But then I realized, oh, good. I guess that might mean it's a slow news day. And that's awesome because nothing bad is happening. Well, there's always something bad happening. But there's nothing like really bad on the headlines right now. So it's just really great to see positive things. And I try to do that. <laughs> but I'm as bad. I'm the same as anybody else. You know, I'm 
guilty of saying, yeah, I'm going to leave a great review and then I'm ready to do it. I'm going to do it. And then two days goes by, three days goes by, and then it's like uh, it starts to fade away and you forget. And So I will try to do better. If only your <laughs> dogs could leave reviews, we might have better luck. That's true. Because <laughs> dogs act in the moment. So yeah. they're ready you know to what? roll. Dogs act in the moment, and dogs have fun, and they know how to play, and they know how to not stress so much if they have great owners. And I think if people could do that, it would be great. And we have a great... Oh, you all know what's coming. We have a great way for you to not stress. It's called Camp Carpadium. Y'all knew it was coming, right? C-A-M-P. C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M dot com. <laughs> mountain, our, biking, uh, yep. mountain biking. Oh, mountain biking. Photography. Craft, craft beer, beer. Fitness things. Mindsets. You know. Hiking, hiking. A lot of cool things. A lot of stuff about building a community on the road. Kind of a travel community. And that's whether you're full-time or part-time or, or just do a lot of long vacations or something. There's a there's a big community now that you can have that doesn't have to be uh, outside your doorstep every single time. But it can be. Yeah. If you find the right track. It can be. Anyway, just come hang out with us. Have a good time. And we promise it will be fun. And there's a lot to do. And probably more than you can even handle. Speaking of handles, follow us at Living Your Style Life. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.